The Brutal Fantasy Football Podcast begins right now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. I'm so glad you rushed that, man. I was getting concerned. I didn't think we'd finish it in time. You know, uh, uh, this a little PSA. If you're listening to this right now, because the... The views on episode two are always a little higher than the views on episode one. Yes. I think it's because we upload at the same time. So on your timeline, episode two comes before episode one. But we always have like a little thing in the front, in the beginning of episode one. And we talk about the first seven games in episode one. So go check out episode one. We also talk about COVID and how to deal with it and, and an idea on how to deal with it and things of that nature. So go check out episode one if you have not already. Um, also, you can check out manscaped.com if you want some clean ass balls. And a clean ass, like ass and gooch. This thing is for everything. Um, the Lawnmower 3.0 is an amazing product. It whispers. It's wireless. It shaves you. It is the best tool for your family jewels. We use it ourselves. We love it. We also love the anti-chafing underwear. Legitimately, Michael, Jason, and I have had conversations about how much we love it and how like I'm literally it. wearing it right now. You, and you, I can see it. It says Manscaped right there. Good. <laughs> That's mad funny. Um, that, that's Michael. Is that, was that on purpose? Are you like a marketing expert right now? Is that what you're doing? No, it wasn't on purpose. I just, these Michael. were washed. So I put them on because they're now my favorite pair of boxers. Yeah. Get them and, uh, get some other stuff there too. They have a wide variety of, uh, classics. The lawnmower 3.0 is their number one selling and their number one rated product though. And you definitely want to go check that out. And the best part about it is if you use our promo code Brodo, that's B-R-O-T-O, the promo code BRODO. You will receive 20% off and free shipping at checkout. Also, official belt of championship BRODO players. The official championship belt of the BRODO Fantasy Football Podcast is at partybelt.com. Use our promo code and you get 15% off at checkout. Look, these things are fully customizable. They're one size fits all. They look great. They feel great. They can hold two beers, so you could serve your opponents while serving your opponents. You've been served. You have been served, and you are have been courteously served a beer, so I can be courteous and kick that ass all at the same time and rub it in your face because I am the champ. Partybelts.com, B R O T O for thirty. I mean, I'm sorry, fifteen percent off of that. If you buy two belts you know, then it's kind of like getting 30% off one belt because you're getting 15% off each one. Math times. is a wonderful thing. Um, Partybelts.com. Again, the promo code is BROTO. That's B-R-O-T-O, all caps. All right. Let's get into the first game. And I want to get, because this is some breaking news that is just coming across the wire right now. It is 10.04 p.m. on Wednesday night. Leonard Fournette looks like he is not going to play, which makes Ronald Jones... A much better play. So let's get right into the game. Uh, that Tim, what you're supposed to say, as a lot of fantasy analysts do, you make believe you have a fantasy insider from Tampa Bay that just texted you, you idiot. Give us some clout. His name is Adam Schefter. Alexander Granville. Uh, No, his name is Tampa Basin. (laughs) Tampa Basin? Yeah. I feel like that could be a cool name. 
It's not. Um, <laughs> let's, go, let's go over to the first to the game that we're talking about: the Chargers at the Bucks. Uh, a couple things to note: there are a lot of injuries in this game, particularly two major injuries on the Chargers side. Chris Harris is going to miss. Go Chargers, go! And Melvin Ingram is also going to miss time. So, so the reason why we love this. Chargers defense so much of it's star-studded. And now your best three players, Derwin James, Chris Harris, and Melvin Ingram, well, Joey Bosa might have something to say about that, are all out. Casey Hayward as well. So the question is, how does that affect this game? Tom Brady looked pretty good last week. Um, but his best receiver, Chris Godwin, is going to miss this game. So a nice slot matchup that we could have got, Chris Harris versus Chris Godwin, not going to happen. Instead, we're going to get the backup for Chris Harris, which um, – not gonna lie, I don't even know his name off the top of my head. Uh, but he's not Chris Harris. Tampa Basin uh, <laughs> versus Scotty Miller. So let's Another, start with Scotty. Let's start, let's start. Yeah, Tim, sorry to cut you off, but Scotty Miller actually didn't practice today, and Justin Watson returned to practice. What's going on oh, in Tampa Bay? Oh shit. I was ready for a Scotty Miller week, and now this guy isn't practicing and Justin Watson returns to practice. There's something in the water there. Now yeah. it's Justin Watson week. I don't know. We got a... Keep an eye on Tampa Bay because right now I got Scotty Miller. I just lowered him in my rankings as we were talking once I saw he didn't practice today. But, yeah, we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on that. But with that being said. Oh, under- give, us, give me a second before we start. Remember to follow us at Brodo Fantasy on, uh, on Twitter because it's really important that we uh, we just told you. It's 10.07 right now, p.m. Eastern time on a Wednesday night. This is when we do the show. But it's very important that things change. And you need updates. And if you set your um, notifications on and you put Brodo in your notifications, you will get all the updates and our instant feedback on those updates uh, as soon as they break on Twitter. So make sure that you do that. Make sure you follow that if you want the updates. Michael, yeah. So this was interesting, I thought, when looking at Tom Brady. First off, True throw values, true target values for 2020 are released. BrotoFantasy.com, true throw values, true target values, baby. Go find out who are good by low candidates, sell high candidates, uh, players who are underperforming, overperforming, all that good stuff with true target values. And check neat things like this. Week one, Chris Godwin got hurt, right? He played part of week one. Tom Brady's true throw value during that time. 0.432. 0.432. Week two, no Chris Godwin. 0.334. And this is against New Orleans, Carolina, and Denver. So three pass defenses that are all bleh. Like they're all, they could be stacked up together, kind of. And then week three with Godwin and Evans, 0.628. Big time correlation right there with the health of Chris Godwin. And now Chris Godwin is out. So I'm not expecting a big game here from. Tampa Bay, even with uh, injuries on the Chargers side, because the Chargers have just been a very good defense this season. And even with the injuries, I think they are going to continue to match up well um, against their opponents. And Tom Brady's true tar- true throw value overall is 21st in the league. It's not like he's blowing teams out of the water. Uh, now Fournette is out, so Rojo is going to be the main back. And you guys know how I feel about Rojo. Who knows if it's going to be Scotty Miller or Justin Watson. Firing up Mike Evans, though, I'll tell you that much. Going up against the Chargers, they got good cornerbacks, but if Mike Evans is going to see double-digit targets this week, which he did when Chris Godwin was out, fire him up as a wide receiver one, in my opinion. I'm not scared away by it because Mike Evans, this is what Mike Evans does. He's a big play threat that it doesn't really... 
Like, sure, he has some up and down games, but in a game like this against uh, the Chargers, I do expect him to just be targeted a bunch and end up doing well, even if he has a tough matchup here. So, Michael, shout out to you because of I agree with you. But if you think you're going to be on a fantasy football podcast with your two brothers and we're not going to make fun of you relentlessly when you use the word neat to describe something, you are sadly mistaken. What, what did I? Ned, what I said you Ned neat? Flan- <laughs> what are you, Ned fucking Flanders? Like, what did what, I what, call what? neat? Is this just like my inner soul coming out? I really wanted to say neat. I don't even remember saying it. So you're like neat stats like this. I'm like neat. You did say neat. I don't think I've ever heard you say that word. I did. Ever. You're right. Oh man. And neat. a lot of you, you even use like the word neat in your real life. You say you'd rather you you say organized. You don't even use the word neat to describe neat things. Interesting. And you. What are you, Ned Flanders? Like, what, what is this shit? You're on timeout. Michael, you sit this You sit this one out. For I'm a neat guy. Get out of here. Is Jason. Rob Gronkowski neat this week? Yo. No. Yo, Tim, you say no right now. I understand that, no. but no. let's go over this real no. quick. Listen. No, no, no. It's not. No. Listen, motherfucker Jones. No. 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 Week one, Howard, 53% of snaps. Gronkowski, 56. Okay. Week two, Howard, 77% of snaps, Gronk, 69. Oh, okay. Week three, Howard, 48% of snaps, Gronk, 93. Wowee. The return of Rob Gronkowski last week, he got red zone targets. He was targeted a bunch overall. Like, I don't know where this came from, but Rob Gronkowski was being used as a pass catching option and an every down tight end. Oh, what, what, what did he do with all this opportunity? Look, Six for 48. With that, yeah, a decent game. Better than Mike Kosicki, who you said was fire. I'm not starting someone who's, who's. Oh, I'm so happy he's four for 48. You just called Mike Kosicki's one catch 15-yard line fire, Tim, all right, in the last episode. <laughs> I, don't Look, know, I don't know if you know this, but that is worth more than four for 48. It's a better game. Look, I'm not saying go ahead and start Rob Gronkowski this week. I just, I mean, I have him as my tight end 16. So it's like, I do think he has some appeal if there's going to be injured players and shit. And if he's going to play that much again, maybe they were just easing him back in the first couple weeks. And this is going to be his role, like an actual pass catching option who was on the field all the time. Just keep an eye on it. Not neat, not neat at all. (laughs) So we know that we're all going to, I mean, uh, we're on the Mike Evans train. I think that's for sure. Um, I don't we probably him. we probably would be on the Scotty Miller train or Justin Watt. We don't know yet. He's keep an eye out. What about this running back situation? Leonard Fournette now is out, so it's Ronald Jones's backfield along with um, Shady McCoy for the third down work. But it's going to be Ronald Jones no matter what. And this is a game where they're probably going to have to run because the Chargers secondary, like Michael said, is very good even without Chris Harris. So. I, I mean, are you starting Ronald Jones in this game? Like, I, I have a question for you. How about this? Ronald Jones or Carlos Hyde? Jones. Yeah, Rojo, easy. Uh, but I, I'm, I, you know, asking for a, a, a pal. Ronald <laughs> Jones or uh, Mark Ingram? Ronald Jones. The Bucks yeah. are seven and a half point favorites, man. I, I kind of like Rojo and Fournette to even begin with. Now that there's only one of them. I'm firing up Rojo, man. He's not great, but it doesn't matter because he's a running back on a Tom Brady team, so he's probably going to score. Um, I mean, that sounds sounds good to me. Um, let's go over to the other side, unless there's another buck you want to talk about. 
The buck stops here, brother. Uh, let's go over to the Chargers side. Looks like Justin Herbert again. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's timetable is say that ten times fast. Tyrod Taylor's timetable. Tyrod Taylor's timetable. Actually, his name is Tyrod. It's not Tyrod, by the way. Tyrod T- Taylor is looks like he's not going to be back for a significant amount of time. So it's Justin Herbert's team for now. We mentioned on the review pod Keenan Allen nineteen targets 19 but this bucks defense has been good how are you feeling about keenan allen mike williams and the outside option for justin herbert i think this is a bad matchup for the chargers tampa bay has one of the best defenses in the league so far i mean they've played new orleans carolina and denver last week was with jeff driscoll carolina's teddy bridgewater new orleans is is good that's a that was a great game by them I'm not saying they're the best defense in the league, but they have started off very hot. With that being said, Keenan Allen, despite the fact that he's getting targets from Justin Herbert, who's outside the top 20 in uh, true target value, true throw value, excuse me, he's eighth in true target value because he's seen 37 targets through three games. 29 targets in the two games where Justin Herbert was a starting quarterback. If he's going to get that much volume, you have to fire him up. I think his ceiling's a little bit limited against Tampa Bay. Uh, they have one of the best. Uh, Murphy Buntling has been one of the best slot corners in the league so far to start the season. I have been a wide receiver twenty. There is room for more. There is room for less as well, though. Or uh, it's just I don't love this matchup for uh, Los Angeles at all. Really, I think Tampa Bay is going to play well against them. I love Justin Herbert, not as a quarterback, not as a start this week. I love him because he is what makes fantasy great. He only targets three people. <laughs> Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and Hunter Henry. Tis true. Under Justin Herbert, the the um, Chargers are going to be easy every week. It's those three guys and no one else. <laughs> Guyton and Michael, Williams have five targets. <laughs> Michael, you you mentioned Sean Murphy Bunting, Bunting and it, I think it's it's I ha, you have to say this is PFF actually gives the advantage in the matchup of Keenan Allen versus Sean Murphy Bunting. To Murphy Bunting. Yeah, he's been one of the best coverage slot corners in the league so far to start and, the season. And it's across the board. They're, they're sixth best in DOA against the slot receiver. So um, maybe a tougher matchup for Keenan Allen than you might think just looking at it off the bat. Let's talk about Hunter Henry. And uh, he is getting peppered with targets. Uh, if, you're, if you drafted Hunter Henry, you've been pretty happy with what you've got out of him. How do you feel about him in this game? I mean, Hunter Henry... 27th in DVOA is Tampa Bay guarding the tight end. And sometimes you see that with teams that have dominant defenses. Their one weakness is guarding that tight end because usually if you have a dominant defense, you have linebackers who could really uh, yeah. you know, pursue and blitz They got and beat, rather than cover. They got beat by Jared Cook week one. Jared Cook's only good game so far this season. Uh, week two, Ian Thomas doesn't count because he's not a part of that offense. And then week three, got beat by Noah Fant even though – Jeff Driscoll slash Brett Rippian were at quarterback. So definitely a good matchup for Hunter Henry. I just think his ceiling is not super high. Like 5 for 73, 6 for 83, 5 for 50. All nice games for Hunter Henry, but about what you can expect, I think. So unless he finds the end zone, if he finds the end zone, I think he has a shot of being a top five option. But otherwise, I think he finishes in the 8 to 12 range. I have him as my uh, tight end 10. Safe floor type option. Not really sure about the ceiling for him. Um, let's go to the backfield. So, I mean, 
the report says that the Chargers are going with the hot hand in the backfield approach. Um, or you could look at this as the punishing a rookie for fumbling approach. Or you could look at this as the Austin Eckler is better, so he's getting more carries now approach. Or you could look at it as a one-game hiccup. Uh, the usage in the backfield is a question mark right now. And if you and if anyone says they have it figured out, they're probably lying. So, I mean, you got to like Austin Eckler because he's Austin Eckler and he's very, very good at football and you want to start him whenever you can. The question is, can you also start Joshua Kelly, who if you who was a popular start last year and he probably shit your last team if, if he was in. So what do you guys say? It, it, how do you feel about Eckler? How do you feel about Josh? All right. First, I want to start with guess next gen stats came up with the probability of Austin Eckler scoring on that last play last week on the hook and lateral. What do you think the percentage was? I'm looking at the thing. 4%. Yeah. It's got to be over 90. 70% according to next gen stats. Nah, Eckler was beating those guys. If he caught that the ball from Keenan Allen, he was going to score. Anyway, Game. Austin Eckler is currently PFF's highest graded rusher this season. He's on pace for 250 rushes and 85 targets. And Mike Davis and Alvin Kamara both have had at least 15 PPR points just receiving the ball against Tampa Bay. So I'm firing up Eckler as a high-end RB1 this week. High-end, huh? And I'm a little concerned about Kelly because it's a game that they're probably going to be trailing. And I'm not convinced that he's going to be in the game much for that reason. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I have Eckler at running back eight. I do think it's going to be through the air where he is going to have to get all his work done. The Tampa Bay front does do a very good job at stopping the running of the running backs, which is why I also am not not super high on Josh Kelly this week either. All right, let's move on. The game that is might not get played is up next, the Steelers at the Titans. We're going to talk about this game as if COVID has no effect on it whatsoever. So um, check back with us again at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter is where we do most of our social media-ing. Um, and you can check back in with us and see our opinions on what's going on and how to deal with it. But for right now, we are going to go in as it is just. It's only just everything begun. is everything is normal. Let's talk about the Steelers. Let's talk about James Conner. James Conner is someone that we talk about um, a lot because we thought it was ridiculous that people thought Benny Snell was going to take over that role because obviously James Conner is the better player. We also thought it was ridiculous to talk about a running back by committee because James Conner uh, was the workhorse. The only problem is that last week it kind of was a running back by committee. They got Anthony McFarlane work, um, uh, Snell got work, and Chris Carson. I mean, not Chris Carson. Although Chris Carson and James Conner, if you look at them from the outside, kind of look similar. Um, James Conner, just over 50% of the snaps. Now, he's still getting all the passing down work from the running back, so you're not that worried. But against the Titans, how do you feel about James Conner in this game, and are you worried about that work? dissipating a bit i'm not worried at all um i'm not gonna let one game scare me away from what we know about mike tomlin for years and years and years kid and i think so connor's clearly the rb1 and dalvin cook james robinson and melvin gordon have all scored a touchdown against tennessee this year it's not like they're a very daunting run defense i'm firing up james connor man yeah i mean against the titans they just got worked by cook james robinson was good week two the udfa and Melgo was good week one, and they all scored touchdowns, like Jason said. And James Connors coming off back-to-back top 10 running back performances. Gets a good matchup. How in your right mind do you not rank him as a top 10 option? People are just too stubborn. 
He's a top 10 running back this week, period. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, so moving on, one thing that was super disappointing last week was Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson left the game with 0.9 points, left the game very early with a concussion. My wife uh, recently just got a concussion, and I can tell you concussions are no fucking joke. Those things linger, um, and they're debilitating. So Deontay Johnson could play. Right now reports are saying that he's going to be 50-50. If he plays, you play him. I don't think there's any question about it. question is if he doesn't play. Who are you targeting in that situation? Some people are saying James Washington. Other people are saying Chase Claypool. Other people are either even saying, hey, I'm going to take my shot on Eric Ebron at tight end. Who are you playing here? I, none. None, really? Wow. I mean, because I mean, I'm not Big sold. Ben's a quarterback. Yeah, Big Ben's a quarterback. So if Deontay Johnson is out, Juju's going to get work. James Conner's going to get work. And then Ebron, Claypool, Washington, and McDonald can all get work. And then maybe the other McDonald, fucking Vance, <laughs> Vance Mc, uh, I was just talking about Vance the first time, but Anthony McFarland, McFarland? I just mixed yeah. up. And then Benny Snell might get some work. And then there's probably some wide receivers who are going to be called up from the practice squad if Deontay Johnson doesn't play. Big Ben throws the ball around sometimes, and I'm, I'm not just going to start someone just because Deontay Johnson is out. Claypool is the most... Um, Enticing of the bunch. Intriguing. He did lead the team in snaps once uh, once Deontay went out, which is interesting. But I'm going to have to agree with Jason here. I think it's too risky to trust Claypool or Washington or anyone not named Connor or Juju, even if Deontay Johnson is out in a game where Tennessee has been, like, not terrible through the air. They haven't been good through the air, but their run defense has been worse. So, I mean, I feel like this is a James Connor type game coming up for Pittsburgh. I will tell you this, Tennessee, Tennessee, um, they had Logan Ryan last year and he was one of the better slot corners in the league. They got rid of him and now they rank 30th in DVOA against the slot this season where Juju stays. I am in love with the Juju in this game. Yeah. Juju's a great play, especially if Deontay Johnson's out. I mean, Juju has, he's become Juju again with, uh, big Ben back, and he's going to be the main target, obviously, this week. So fire him up happily. He's got the juju's. Um, someone I would be interested in, Mr. Eric ben? Ebron. Because hmm. he saw five targets, and excuse me, seven targets, five receptions, 52 yards, found the end zone. Shout out to Tim, who bet us that Eric Ebron would score a touchdown last week. Seriously? Tim wins that bet. Yeah. And... His true target value, wide receiver 14, despite the fact that he saw tight end 14, despite the fact that he saw two targets week one. My stat has convinced me. I kind of like Eric Ebron this week. Yeah, he's played at least 75% of the snaps the last couple weeks. Eric Ebron, uh, very, very sneaky, sir. (laughs) (laughs) When I tell you guys about about Eric Ebron, your first response is, yeah, let's bet about it. Your fucking stat tells you about Ebron. You're like, yeah, now I feel good about Ebron. Numbers don't lie. Yeah, Who are you do. supposed to trust? You are the stat. <laughs> you don't love me anymore. You don't I love, love you, me anymore. I love you, stat. Let's get this you going, stat. You don't love me anymore. Enough with the stat. Enough uh, with the crying. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> this is a neat uh, conversation. 
All right, I'm moving on. Dude, anyone else? Derrick Henry is on pace. Get this. For 437 rushes. That would be the most of all time. More than Jim Brown, brother. More than Derrick Johnson of the Chiefs with 416 carries. Derrick Johnson has that record. He's on pace for 21 more rushes than that. 21? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're firing up Derrick Henry, even if it's the stout Pittsburgh Steelers run defense. The thing is, though, the Steelers' pass defense, if they don't get pressure right away, they can be beat. We saw Deshaun Watson do it last week. Uh, We saw Denver have some success against Pittsburgh. Jeff Driscoll played well against Pittsburgh before he got absolutely dominated last week by Tampa Bay. If they get time, they can be beat because they don't really have a shutdown cornerback. So if they give Tannehill time, Tannehill super efficient, was a true value king in 2019, but we can't keep saying that anymore because it's 2020 now, and he's 11th still. Still very efficient. Maybe this helps A.J. Brown return if they end up playing Monday or Tuesday night, the extra rest. Maybe A.J. Brown returns. If not, Corey Davis and company, they're interesting. I think Corey Davis would be a flex play. Adam Humphrey's a flex play. Jonu Smith, a strong tight end start. And Ryan Tannehill, I'd look elsewhere this week. It would help if A.J. Brown returns, but I don't want to trust him against Pittsburgh. You know how I know true values um, still work three years later from the day I created them? Corey Davis? Because Corey Davis still, even though he's seeing work, is only 32nd. (laughs) So that's how I know they still work. It is. We could call this true throw except for Corey Davis values. (laughs) Um, Let's go on to our next game. It is the Jaguars. Jonu Smith. Tim, uh, do we, you, well, we I said Johnny Smith is a strong We already mentioned Johnny Smith in my defense, okay? If you want to talk more about him, go ahead. No, nah, it's all good. I he's one of the, the guy. He leads a team in red zone targets. Yeah. He gets a bunch. He He's super involved in offense. Target value. Bada bing, bada boom. I mean, he's a starting, at this point, he's a starting tight end every week. Yeah. Until other, until otherwise proven otherwise. Uh, those totally. Top five tight end, kid. Tough um, tough Jaguars tough. at Bengals is the next one. Let's start with the Bengals. Joe Burrow. Mike, I know you like Joe Burrow this week. Tell us why. Yeah, I tweeted a tweet about Joe Burrow. Tweet, a tweet, a tweet. The fact that... Woo-hoo. Follow us on Twitter if you don't, obviously. Woo-hoo. We put a lot of stuff on Twitter. An example of how to use true throw values for your week four fantasy football prep. Joe Burrow against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week two, Jacksonville, the true throw value allowed a true throw value of 1.065 to Ryan Tannehill and a true throw value of 0.72 to Ryan Fitzpatrick in week three. 0.672 was Tannehill's true throw value in 2019 when he was the number one overall quarterback. Add that to the fact that the Bengals are the second most pass-heavy team in the league so far, and you get some Burrow flames. Big fan of Joe Burrow this week against Jacksonville. Fire him up as a top 12 option. All day, every day. Joe Burrow. You already know who it is. <laughs> Michael, I got a question. All right, so would you, ra- would you rather would you rather start Joe Burrow or Ryan Fitzpatrick? I have them back-to-back, Tim. Would you, who's first? Joe Burrow. Would you rather start Joe Burrow or Jared Goff? Burrow. I have Burrow, Fitzpatrick, Goff in my rankings. You motherfucker. Well, you motherfucker. I may or may not be having this choice uh, in my streaming options this week in one of my leagues. So, I like uh, them all. all very very nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, let's continue. What do you guys say? What do you, what, what, all right. I, I have what a, do I'm going to take let's your go job to, real quick, uh, Tim. Because Michael on, on. loves Jason, Joe Burrow. I didn't hate you. 
Michael loves Joe Burrow this week. Hates AJ Green. You do you like? I know you love Tyler Boyd. Do you I like love T- Tyler T. Boyd. Higgins? I like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I hate AJ Green. I think AJ Green is toast, and he's just proving that he's toast because he continues to play like what? Toast. toast. I have Tyler Boyd as my wide receiver fourteen. Yo, Fire ball, it up, Tyler Boyd. Actually, I was talking about the wide receiver cornerback matchup chart on PFF. Tyler Boyd is a third best matchup out of the slot against DJ Hayden of Jacksonville. I have T. Higgins as a flex option at wide receiver 38. And A.J. Green at wide receiver 51. Touchdown or bust. I have no interest in A.J. Green after what we've seen the first three weeks. If you want to keep buying into the narrative, it's A.J. Green, bro. He's going to turn it around. It's A.J. Green, bro. Go ahead and do it. I will not be doing that because I live in current society where 32-year-old <laughs> receivers coming off a lot of injuries aren't superstars anymore. And A.J. Green was a superstar, but sadly those days are numbered. All right, so you said you prefer T. Higgins, right? So if you had T. Higgins and A.J. Green on your team, you'd play T. Higgins this week? Yes, I would. Nine targets for 40 yards and two touchdowns last week for T. Higgins. Obviously a top waiver ad. We went in-depth into how we feel about T. Higgins on the Patreon pod. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the I, team, mean, I guess you guys like T. Higgins. Led the receivers in snaps. Caught two touchdowns in the red zone. We're getting the red zone looks. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, I think, are going to be the biggest beneficiaries of this high pass, this pass-heavy offense against Jacksonville, and uh, I'm firing up both of them. I'd like to know what I still think A.J. Green is a flex play. My Man. favorite player in this game is Tyler Boyd. Um, safe to say he's Joe Burrow's favorite target, 13 targets last week, and Jacksonville is 25th in the league in DVOA against the slot. Um, sign me up for some Tyler Boyd this week for show. Mm-hmm. And I actually think Joe Mixon's a good play. Um, I think that Joe Mixon's a decent play this week. It's a good matchup, and we're talking about he, Mixon, dude. Joe Mixon has the sixth most carries in the league. He has the highest percentage of carries on the same team, so he gets ninety three percent of his own team's carries. The problem is he gets six percent target share, and we tried to explain this to you when you were taking Joe Mixon early, and we can talk about Joe Mixon all we want. And I'm trying to say good things about Joe Mixon, but he's not a pass catching back. He's he's skinny Derrick Henry in terms of what his job is. So uh, I think Joe Mixon actually has an, a, a chance to succeed in this game against the Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars who are, are susceptible. I do want to say one thing. Just just something to note about this season. Maybe there's more running back um, by committees or something. Because Mixon last year started with – if I round up and down, Mixon started last year and this year with 27 PPR points through the first three weeks. Last year he was running back 27 – after three weeks. This year, he's running back 38. Hmm. So just a few more running backs doing a little bit better this year, which is making Joe Mixon's play look even uglier. But, man, if you drafted like Joe Mixon that. in the first or second round, then he's playing Jacksonville. And unless you picked up Mike Davis and don't need Mixon, maybe, you're probably starting him. Uh. We have a person in our league. Nikki is actually he sat Joe Mixon in order to to play Mike Davis this week. It's a good move. Yeah, uh, I, so I it's prefer not, Mike Davis. I think Mixon's a volume based RB too. It's not un you know not uncalled for. Drew Sample. Drew Sample was an absolute ghost. 
Let's go over to the Jag side. Uh, you don't like what you saw out of Gardner last week. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but with that being said, Bengals is a good matchup. Are you streaming Gardner Minshew? The man no. needs some DJ Chark back in his life. Holy moly. That was rough last week's performance. Uh, I don't hate him as a starting option now. I don't think he's just had his one bad performance and now he's not startable anymore. He's been a streaming option. I have him at QB 16. I just think there are too many better stream-worthy quarterback options this week. So, no, so one thing to note, based on neutral pace of play, so like when it's a close game, this is the slowest game of the week. These two teams combined are the slowest. So these players are going to have to play good if they're going to run their offenses slowly. And we think Burrow can do that because he's mostly going to target two guys, maybe AJ Green as well, and Joe Mixon's a bum. So, But on the other side, I'm not sure if I trust Minshew to do that. Play well, fucker. Um, fucking Drew Sample fuck. was a ghost. You cannot start Drew Sample. Oh, well, let's go on the Jaguars. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you just did that real quick, though. <laughs> what because... just happened? No, all right. So in real my quick, defense, though, Tim. In my defense, in my defense, I switched it, and it's just it's been a long day, so I apologize. Look, um, let's wait, go over to wait, the wide receivers. Wait, yes. Since this you decided, you guys take my job, man. I don't know how to do it anymore. Since you skipped Drew Sample and you said don't start him and blah blah, I'm not giving up hope on Drew Sample just yet. He had a bad game, yes, but he ran a route on 34 of Burrow's dropbacks and was lined up outside or in the slot 15 times. And yes, he only saw one target, but the tight end position had 21 targets through two weeks prior to that. So I'm not giving up on Drew Sample just yet. I wouldn't necessarily start him this week. But are we going to be shocked that um, Drew Sample does well if he does well? Because I'm not going to be. Cincinnati. What the fuck is going on? Why did we hop back to Drew Sample? I don't know. Tim, shout out Why Drew Sample. That was my bad. It was my bad. I messed up. I messed up. I, I, Could I just I, talk I'm about bad. James Robinson? Hello, Mr. I'm go- Robinson. I'm, I'm going to kick it to the receivers, and then we'll go to the running backs. Do, do you want us to talk about the receivers now? Yeah, because I already said Keelan Cole before what a, you put stop. What an awful host. What an awful host. Um, about the receivers, it seemingly seems like the team will be better if DJ Chark comes back. So let's hope that happens because Keelan Cole isn't good enough to be a wide receiver one, as we saw last week. LaVisca Chanel more of a gadget guy at the moment. So I don't think much changes from the last few weeks. Keelan Cole is still a flex option. So is Chenault, although I prefer Cole. Um, and that's where they slide in and true target values as well. Cole is 48th. Chenault is 62, so a little lower. But he gets some work on the ground, which could make up for it. Uh, so I think it would be a good thing for them if DJ Chark comes back. Not a bad thing. Yeah, we, we mentioned this last week, how Keelan Cole, um, you know, it sounded like a good idea that Keelan Cole was going to get more snaps. But sometimes it's just, you know, when you're the number one two receiver and you don't have to face that number one pressure, it's better for you. And I think Keelan Cole is definitely part of that argument. Um, Agreed. Let's go over to the running back situation then. James Robinson, he has become one of the safer running backs in the league, I feel like. Uh, Jason, how do you feel about James Robinson? Yeah. I just – last week was a weird one, man, because he killed it. And he saw six targets as well. 
but he only played 46% of the snaps. Yeah. Thompson paid 44% and saw six targets of his own. Just a weird week. A lot of garbage, lot of garbage time. I think people are getting a little too high on James Robinson here. I'm not going to lie. I think the honeymoon phase might be getting a little too, a little too local crazy. Like this guy, his expert consensus ranking is RB12. We're ready to call this dude a running back one on Jacksonville playing 45% of the snaps. Color me confused here. I, I understand like, it. Uh, I understand. I, but I also think Cincinnati is going to be coming out throwing all over the field. And again, if they start trailing, they're going to need to... Like Chris Thompson is going to be getting some burn. I just... I don't know. We'll see. I, I have him as a running back too. But I'm certainly lower on James Robinson than most are. I'm just not entirely buying into the hype. Um. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Uh, Tyler Arford is not worthy of a start, so no. True. Let's go to the next one. Browns at the Cowboys. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not a startable asset, but OBJ, man, it, kind of the same story as last year. 25% target share. It like, And this is what we talked about last year. Is like, oh, when is he going to break out? He's getting the work. He's going to break out eventually. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then he never does. Um, but every once in a while, he has some breakout games, and I think that this could be a breakout game for him. The Cowboys have given up the fourth most 20-plus yard passes in the league, the fifth most 40-yard-plus passes in the league. They've given up 17 total big passes in three games this year. So opportunity will be there for OBJ to hit a home run, and that's when OBJ is at his most dangerous. I think that Baker and OBJ connect on a home run this week. OBJ's finishes this season have been wide receiver 77, 15, and 47, and his true target value is wide receiver 28. I kind of read that and think he's doing worse than expected. Like, he hasn't been wide receiver 28. And him and, and Baker Mayfield's just been to do for a pretty long time now. And he's the 18th quarterback in true target value. So what you're saying is correct. He needs to catch a long touchdown or he's basically useless. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly an offense that is just running through Chubb and Hunt as much as they can. And unless they're trailing, that is going to be rightfully so because that's the best running back duo we've seen in years. Rightfully so, but that is going to be their entire offense. Like, is OBJ going to see more than like six, seven targets if they're trail if they're not trailing? No. They're likely going to be trailing, which bodes better for OBJ. But it's going to be Chubb and Hunt for as long as they possibly can just be Chubb and Hunt. That's how I feel about it. I think OBJ is a high-end wide receiver three option because of the upside. But if they keep this game close, like Dak Prescott's true throw value is low. They haven't been they haven't been a super efficient offense. They've just been facing offenses that have been scoring a lot. So they've needed to just score too. Like, their offense has not been super efficient. So, I mean, if they do struggle a little bit here with Cleveland and the game's close, it's just going to continue to be Chubb and Hunt. And I have absolutely zero interest in Jarvis Landry. Like Jason said, 71st in true throw value, 13 targets through three games. You kidding me? And Baker Mayfield, that quarterback, the way that offense is going, that's who you're going to trust? No, thank you. Big pass on Jarvis Landry. I don't care even if it is a good matchup against Dallas. Jarvis Landry, is he droppable? I th- I think possibly. Maybe. I think he's kind of droppable, yeah, but I'd like to at least see how he does against Dallas in a game where they are likely to be trailing. 
I have a mad random ass thought that I want to put out there right now that I don't necessarily think is going to happen this week, but I just think it's going to happen. Um, Austin Hooper is going to catch a three yard, a three touchdown game. He's going to have a three touchdown game this that's, season. That's an odd statement, but okay. Um, he just strikes me as a person who I, I will admit right now I missed on him in the offseason. Uh, he s- strikes me as a person that has the tools, is being used in a way that is not like making his tools fantasy relevant. But one day he's going to come out and just have a monster game because that's just who he is. So I think he's going to score three touchdowns in a game one of these days. Um, what? But don't start him in this game. Just, I, I just I you don't know. know. I don't that's, understand that's either, Jeez, Luis, what do you mean you don't understand? I think he's going to score three touchdowns in a game because he's You're not like being used explaining why he's... Hooper's going to score three touchdowns at in a game point at some season. point this season. Yes. It's odd what's happening. I don't it's care what you say. It's my fantasy show. I can do whatever I want, right? It's my fantasy um, show. Uh, let's Start about, Chubb and Hunt. They're both great plays. Just stop taking my job, you fucking guy. They took Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Dallas is 20th in DVOA against the past. He, um, he had the most touches of his year. Uh, Dallas DVOA gets the pass against the running back. Um, he had the most touches go. of the year last week, 18. As long as he's touching the ball 12 times or more like he has been, fire him up. Nick Chubb, you may think, oh, he's, you know, the reason to stay away from Nick Chubb was because Kareem Hunt's in the backfield, yada, yada, yada. Nick Chubb is seventh in rushing attempts in the league, so he's getting mad rushing attempts. Uh, three-way tie at the top for yards per carry in those attempts with Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, both of them who are lighting the world on fire. Nick Chubb is exactly who you got him to be. You got him to be that steady, reliable force in your lineup that you can rely on. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are this offense, and they are both starting well every week, especially against the Cowboys, whose defense sucks. Now you guys can talk. I mean, exactly. It sums it up. That's all. Yeah, We both have them both as top 20 options. Yep. Okay, see see what happens when you guys let me talk? I say smart things. Uh, Let's go over to the Cowboys. Uh, Amari Cooper is yet to score a touchdown this game. If you guys want to bet it, I will bet it right now. Amari Cooper, Cooper scores a touchdown against the Browns. I'll make that bet. That's right. I'll fucking do it. I oh. want in on this too. Hostility. All right. Let me let me talk real quick, kid. Dak Prescott, 22nd in true throw value so far this season. And it's not like he's been very bad. The thing is, he hasn't had any great games. He's been hovering around league average all year. And it shows. I mean, the wide receivers have been disappointing. Amari Cooper's put up 13 half PPR points every game. CeeDee Lamb's been all right for a rookie. I, I think he'd been, he's been the most impressive of all of them. And Michael Gallup has had one good season all year. all good One good week all year. Michael Gallup is fourth in true target value. The Browns' outside cornerbacks have allowed 135 yards all season. And Gallup moves to the slot the least out of all Cowboys receivers. That is a um, Cooper and Lamb role. And now with Zeke having a huge pass-catching role as well, Zeke is fifth in true target value, a higher one than Gallup and Lamb, I believe. Yes. Gallup is one of my biggest fades this week. I don't see good things for him. Interesting. Jason, I got I to gotta push back on you there with Dak Prescott has been league average. The dude put up 472 yards passing and three touchdowns yesterday. Tell me about the numbers, sake, kid. Um, true value numbers. He's been high, high numbers, 
not quite. We want to see what he's doing for his players, man. Three rushing touchdowns are nice. It's not helping anyone else out, especially yeah, Michael I, Gallup. That's very true, and he he also missed twenty throws. So he you know th- thirty seven for fifty seven. So he missed twenty throws. Um, I want to talk about C D Lamb because C D Lamb he had his lowest snap count of the season, down twenty two percent to sixty percent. He did look so, hobbled during the game because that so that could have been it. Yeah, there was clearly a play in like the third quarter where his leg got twisted up weirdly. Yeah. And then he missed the next drive and like just sprinkled in a few times after. They haven't really put him on the injury report. It seems like he's fine now. But that certainly had something to do with it. And probably had more to do with the Cedric Wilson explosion as well. The fact that Lamb definitely played less than he typically does. But I mean as long as he practices in full and all that. I'm firing him up as a wide receiver two this week. Wide if you have him as a wide three, wide receiver three, even better. Wow, wide receiver two. I mean, they're gonna have Denzel Ward on Amari Cooper. We all know Amari Cooper. He's been less inconsistent this season. They're giving him more passes near the line of scrimmage and such, just trying to get him more involved without just downfield passes. But yeah, if they have Denzel Ward on Amari Cooper, I think there'll be room to operate for Lamb and Gallup. So I'm I'm not on the anti Gallup bandwagon this week like Jason is. Well, I am, brother. You should play Ezekiel Elliott. That's a good idea if you do that. Although he hasn't really been Zeke, Zeke, Zeke. He's still Zeke. He's still Zeke. I don't hate Dalton Schultz this week. I'll tell you that. He has 16 targets in his um, two games since Jarwin went down. He even had four targets week one. He I'll finishes tell you the... tight end seven and tight end 23. And when you're looking at the back end tight ends, it's ugly. And True Value is a test to that because Dalton Schultz is eighth in True Targets. Right ahead of Logan Thomas, blech. Hunter Henry, eh. Kasicki, blech. Hurst, blech. So, like, when you're looking at who's around, Schultz becomes a little more attractive. The Blake Jarwin truthers are probably, like, so pissed off seeing how involved the tight end is in this offense, knowing that if, the t- if, if Blake Jarwin was on the field and it, the tight end was this involved... There would be parades in the street. Um, anyone else you want to talk about this in this game? No. All right, let's move on to the Giants at the Rams. Let's start with the Giants because this should be quick. I don't want to play any Giants. I If I have to, I'll play Steve Slayton. But besides that, like I'm not really trying to play anybody. <laughs> this guy said Steve Slayton. <laughs> Whatever. Darius Slayton. Look, the Rams' defense has looked very solid this season. Got beat by Josh Allen. But Josh Allen has been beating everyone this season. Um Daniel Jones is right there near the bottom in QB true throw value this season. 30, uh, where is it? 34th behind Dwayne Haskins and Sam Darnold. Only better than Tyrod Taylor and Carson Wentz. That's how inefficient Daniel Jones has been. I don't know what's going on with Evan Ingram, but he looks like he forgot how to play football. You obviously can't trust him this week. I was wrong about Evan Ingram so far this season. But Darius Slayton played 98% of the snaps and had seven targets. Very unproductive against San Francisco. He gets Jalen Ramsey and company this week. The Rams have been playing a lot more zone defense this year, so it's not like he's going to be lining up only against Jalen Ramsey. So I do think he has some flex appeal. Golden Tate played 92% of the snaps. In PPR leagues, I think he has some flex appeal as well. But I agree with you. Generally, I'd like to stay away from this team. Um, But yeah, Tate and Slayton, I both think, do have some flex appeal. I don't really want to talk about the running backs either because until we know what these running backs are going to do, well, who cares about them? Devontae Freeman is 100% going to lead that backfield in snaps. Yeah. I mean, 
Lewis played 38% of the snaps, Gallman 35, Freeman 29, and he walked off the street like three days prior. And that goes to my point of let's not start any of them until Freeman finally takes over the job. Agreed. Let's move to the Rams, shall we? Let's do it. Robert Woods is the fucking man. He's the man. Robert Woods I love that is guy. the man, yo. He's the fucking He's man. The fucking man. You want to hear some hard-hitting stuff before we talk about players? This is the first time the Rams will wear yellow pants with royal blue jerseys this week. Seriously, oh that's God. that's what you want to say? It's hard hitting. Oh my God, Jason, you are the man. Um, PFF puts the matchup of Robert Woods versus James Bradbury as the third. No, I'm sorry, as an advantage, Robert Woods. Um, but they have Cooper Cup as the most advantaged wide receiver against a corner. Uh, Cooper Cup versus Darnay Holmes. That is their favorite matchup on PFF. By a long shot, Kenny Galladay has a 60% um, advantage. Cooper Cup has a 73% advantage. So a big-time jump up from there. Uh, you got to like Cooper Cup's outlook in this game as well. Yeah, I mean, if you have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, I, we said prior to last week, if you're a Cooper Cup owner, relax. Like, the dude is playing a lot, is getting targets. He just He'll end up finding the end zone, and then he dominated Buffalo last week. Um like you said, going up against the Giants, the Giants are a joke. So, yeah, fire up Woods and Cup happily. Um, Daryl Henderson. Yes! Dude, I think this guy might stranglehold this backfield because Cam Akers still not coming back. Malcolm Brown looked bad again. And Sean McVay is not afraid to use one running back until his knee falls off. And as much as he wants to use a running back by committee... If that's not how the cookie crumbles, Daryl Henderson could be the steal of this year. And I fucking dropped him after week one, and I am shooting myself. I, I, I literally have, like, you ever get that random feeling throughout the day where you're, like, super embarrassed about something that happened to you in the past, and you get, like, a nervous feeling in your stomach, and you're like, oh, my God, I need to stop thinking about this? That's how I feel about when I think about Daryl Henderson. That's how I because feel when I think about the Kamara trade that I didn't accept with you prior to week one. Didn't accept. I didn't accept that. Fuck out of here. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. What? What? I didn't accept that trade. That's absolutely absurd, but okay. I can assure you that no one cares. I'm going to talk about Daryl Henderson because (laughs) for some reason, he's the 23rd ranked player running back on ECR, like expert consensus for fantasy pros. The what? Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I have my running back 14. I have a 15. Per PFF. somewhere there, too. Daryl Henderson, 40% of his rushes this season have ended in either a first down or a touchdown. The Giants just got torched by Benny Snell. That's first in the league, by the way. Well, they didn't get ju- They got torched by Benny Snell. And they just got torched by the combination of Jarek McKinnon and my fucking guy, Jeffrey Wilson. They're gonna you're get. Only, you're also the only one that calls him Jeffrey, by the way. He's my guy. I gotta call him by his full name. They're <laughs> about to get torched by Mr. Fat Boy Daryl Henderson. There's just something about his body type. He just looks fat. <laughs> He's like uh, Juan Uribe. Juan Uribe is, was jacked, but he looked like he was fat when you looked at his face. Juan Uribe, for those of you who don't know, is a football player. Yeah. Um, I mean, a baseball player. Tyler Higby. I just Why have to. I do have to express a little concern here as the hey, you know, resident you know, Tyler fuck, Higby lovers. Fuck me. I, don't, I was going to say Tim didn't transition there. But fuck talk me. About I, didn't, you know, fuck I just get excited when we talk about Tyler Higby. But he's 
running a route on only 52% of Jared Goff dropbacks at the moment. Um, they're going more to the wide receivers running routes currently. With that being said, Tyler Higby is still a part of that offense. He just might not be a smash play every week like we expected. But, I mean, still it's only week three. They get a great matchup against the Giants this week. Happily running him out there. So, I'm still trusting him this week. I just want to see if he starts getting used a little bit more as a receiver because that offense is also just running through their running backs again right now because their running backs have been super efficient and have been running well. So let's see if that continues too. In the current state of tight end, (laughs) Higby is a a, a fantastic play. I don't know why you say that because he's currently tight end four on the season. I'm just saying he's not a weird season. Like Travis Kelsey's on top. Yeah. But after that, Jonu Smith, Noah Fant, Tyler Higby, Mike Kosicki, Jimmy Graham, Darren Waller, Mo Alley, Cox, TJ Hawkinson, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst. Shout out Jonu and Noah. Those were basically like Jonu was my favorite guy, and Fant was your guy's favorite guy. Yeah, and Shout Hawkinson we liked as well, who's also playing well. I, I can't get a I can't get until Noah Fant love. I was all over Noah Fant. I said you just guys. said that, Tim. Holy moly! Yeah. Holy mackerel! I'm having trouble hearing you guys through this computer is the excuse I'm making. Um, any questions? Any questions or comments? Oh, of course, Jared Goff. Absolutely stream him. Yeah, definitely stream worthy this week. Um, I have him as my QB 12. So I yeah, I'd be surprised if he finished outside the top 12 QBs this week. Yeah. It would have. To, I feel like the I mean, there's only a lot way of, would be if Daryl Henderson has three touchdowns. There's a lot of solid QB matchups. So I wouldn't be shocked, but I do think he gets you like at least 18 points. Like he'll have a he'll have a good week. All right, let's go to the next game. The Bills at the ring. That has devolved into just nothing. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I never actually say Raiders, guys. I, no, I, we've noticed. Yeah, what do you mean? I don't that's, know if you've noticed. I don't know if you've noticed. Point. If my blabbering doesn't say Raiders, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Joke. So, oh my God! If I mean, if you've already tuned out, I don't blame you. For those of you who are still tuned in, well, now Bills, we're going to talk about the Owls. <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to talk about the Bills. Oh, fine. I'm, the host I'm talking fine. about. Fine. Josh Allen's a beast, and he's going to be a beast again. Um. I think a lot of it has to do with Stefan Diggs, man. I think Stefan Diggs, what we saw was an inconsistent player. And, um, you know, we like to call out ourselves. We've called out ourselves a few times. We, we, we also like to pat ourselves on the back when we get something right. Um, I'll tell you that. But also, uh, I got Stefan Diggs wrong, man. I, I faded Stefan Diggs to the point where I thought he was going to be a low-end wide receiver two this year. He is much more than that. And it's because... I think it's because of Stefan Diggs that Josh Allen has become such a better passer. It shows you what a type of that type of guy can do. Um, he leads the league in receiving, man. I mean, I, I yeah, I didn't like fire Stephon him Diggs up with confidence because of Allen's true throw value. But Josh Allen now has the second highest true throw value in the league, better than any other quarterback last season overall on the season. So like he's been. Absolutely amazing. Vegas is yet to allow a QB1 performance against Bridgewater, Breeze, and Cam. But let's not get it mixed up here. Cam was at the goal line early and often. They just ran for some touchdowns. Uh, Drew Breeze isn't looking great to start the season. And Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater. But they have allowed four top 24 running backs so far this season. So 
I mean, I'm trusting the Bills against Las Vegas. You kidding me? I'm firing all of them up. I think Devlin Singletary is a strong play. I'm not trusting Zach Moss coming back off injury. I want to see how that plays out. But I'm trusting Devin Singletary because they're getting beat on the ground, and Singletary looked great in his opportunities last week. Singletary is sixth in the league, actually, in running back pass routes run, which might be surprising. And he broke eight tackles last week. Eight. He broke eight tackles. Because he's a good running back and was never going to get beat out by Zach Moss. His ADP was lower than Zach Moss, and I found that absolutely hilarious prior to the season. But, yeah, I'm playing Singletary. Playing Diggs. If John Brown plays, he's more of a flex play just because you don't know. Playing with an injury is tough. But if he's ruled out, Gabriel Davis is certainly an interesting flex play. The rookie went 4 for 84 last week, played 74% of the snaps, kind of just stepped into John Brown's role once Brown got hurt. Interesting uh, dart throw flex play there. And obviously you're starting Josh Allen. Duh. Um. Jason, anything to add about Dawson Knox? No. Uh, all right, let's go over to the Raiders side. Josh Jacobs has been uh, a victim of his offense, I feel like, the past two games. He's been productive when he gets, gets the ball, but last week the Raiders got shelled, and then uh, the week before that he played well, but he didn't find the end zone. Uh, the Bills are a stout defense. Uh, we mentioned with Josh Jacobs – um, we mentioned that this next three-game stretch after his big week one could be hard, and it has proven to be hard. If you are a roster of Josh Jacobs, hang in there. Uh, it, it, better days are on the horizon, but this might be another rough one for Jacobs, even though he's going to get the work. Daryl Henderson did just put up a 20-rush, 114-yard, one-touchdown line against the Bills. This is true. They can be beat on the ground, and... Look, the Bills are a high-flying offense right now, so it'd be smart for the Raiders with Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards out as well to rely on Josh Jacobs. So I actually like this game for Jacobs. What about Hunter Renfro, who stepped up in in their replace Tim in their replacement in our home league? I have a pretty strong team in my opinion, and I picked up Hunter Renfro and put him in my flex today because wow. who are you start who are you starting him over? Um, starting him over. Marvin Jones, um, yeah, Marvin Jones is really my only, Traquan Smith, those types of guys. And A.J. Brown, if A.J. AJ Brown returns, I'll likely slide A.J. Brown in. But Hunter Renfro, the Bills have struggled oh so mightily against the slot receiver to start this season. Jamison Crowder, seven receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown week one. Week two, not only did Mike Gesicki go eight for 130, Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, Mike Kosicki, sorry. Mike Kosicki went 8 for 130 in a touchdown. Major- majority of the time out of the slot. Isaiah Ford also went 7 for 76. I repeat, 7 for 76 for Isaiah Ford. And then last week, Cooper Cup, 9 receptions, 107 yards, touchdown. So I'm all over Hunter Renfro this week because they are going to be playing from behind against Buffalo at home against a team that has been demolished over and over by the slot receiver. Sign me up for some Hunter Renfro who just saw nine targets last week, 66% of the snaps, which was his season high. Henry Ruggs is doubtful to play. Brian Edwards is out again. Who's going to steal the work from him? Nelson Aguilar? Like, is it going to be Darren Waller? Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, that entire offense. I don't think it's going to be. They're going to be able to just run the ball with Josh Jacobs all day. They're going to be trailing. This Buffalo is a great team. 
I think Hunter Renfro has himself a very nice day. I have him in wide receiver three territory. The Bills got the anti um the the anti Texans uh lineup in terms of schedule. They've had an easy schedule so far this year. I'm I'm interested to see the Bills against a real contender. Um I mean, what do you days. mean? The Bills just played the Rams. Okay, yeah, fair. Uh, but I mean, the Rams were eight and eight last year. Like, I'm, I'm talking about like a, a real. I mean, the Rams like, are an, like a powerhouse. Season, but Sh- I, yes, okay, but you know what I mean. I'm like, I'm talking about a powerhouse. I want to see them play like the Patriots or the Steelers or the the Ravens or the Chiefs. Like, I, I want to see how they fare against those teams. Let's um, say fair. Anyone else in this matchup? Fire up Darren Waller. Yeah, of course. Down game last week, but. The true value is there. Uh, the targets are there. Fire up Darren Waller. Yeah, especially in a game where both of the rookie wide receivers are going to be out. Um, Patriots at Chiefs is the next game. There was a time where Patriots at Chiefs looked like a more uh, fair matchup. Um, there was a time where Patriots at Chiefs were a completely unfair matchup the other way. Um, but the Chiefs are heavy favorites in this one, obviously. Um, did you know that two weeks ago the the Patriots were an underdog for the first time since 2017 in one of their games? Yeah, I'm not 20, shocked. 2017. That's just an underdog crazy. in general. Uh, in general, like a Vegas underdog. Jeez. In in crazy, right? Like over over two years. Um, let's talk about the Chiefs though, because this this Chiefs team, it's they've been hard to predict. Because look, Belichick usually takes away your strength. It's hard to know what your strength is in this game. Because of that, I think I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I think they'll concentrate on trying to take Mahomes off his game and that Hilaire, Hilaire, excuse me, or should I say hell yeah, might uh, have a bigger game. But, I mean, it's hard to predict who's going to have a good game on this team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is currently throwing the ball to everyone, taking <laughs> taking things in himself. This Chiefs offense is is as prolific as you'd expect but it's not as prolific a fantasy offense as you would expect. Look, I, I mean, I think it is. They've just been a little unlucky with passing touchdowns to guys like Eric Fisher and Anthony Sherman thus far. But, look, the Patriots' strong suit is their secondary, yes. But that's about it on their defense. They do not have a pass rush. And if you don't have a pass rush and you give Patrick Mahomes time, I don't care how long, or I mean, I don't care how good your secondary is, or how well they've been playing, Patrick Mahomes is going to find an opening. One of those speed guys is going to get open deep. I think Tyreek Hill is a great play. I think Patrick Mahomes is a great play. I think Travis Kelsey is a great play. I'm not scared off by the Patriots here because they are not able to bring pressure to the quarterback, and you cannot give Patrick Mahomes time. To follow that up, to side with Tim a little bit here, um, what he said about the Patriots trying to limit the pass catchers so CEH will have a good game is what lines up with what we've seen in the past between the Chiefs and Pats. Um, their most recent matchups, Kareem Hunt had five catches, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. Five catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Damien Williams, five catches, 66 yards, two touchdowns. So clearly they like to pass to the running back against the Patriots, or the Patriots forced them to do that, but it works. Um, Clyde Edwards, hell yeah, has 17 broken tackles this season according to PFF. Second only to Josh Jacobs, who has 20. So, nice. hell yeah, has been great. If he's been finding the end zone a little bit more, people will be talking about him as a, like, 
overall RB1 potential. Like, he just needs to find the end zone a little bit more because he's been very, very good. Yeah, he does. Um, him, Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, as usual, are very good starts. Yep. I know, Jason, you said that you're not scared off by anything, but I do want to point out that Bill Belichick has made a very fine career off of taking away another team's strengths. And I think that this team's strength is obviously Travis Kelsey. In four career games against the the New England Patriots, Travis Kelsey has gone for 25 catches for 260 yards and a touchdown. So not exactly shut down, but also not exactly lighting the world on fire. Um, so that there is something to be said about that. I, I still think Travis Kelsey is obviously a tight end one, but I think temper expectations for Travis Kelsey this week because that is totally what Bill Belichick uh, – that's like a Bill Belichickian type thing to do. Um, let's go over to the Patriots side. What do you guys say? Sure thing. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, start Pat Mahomes. Um, the Patriots, Cam Newton, uh, it's, it's tough to depend on him. It does not seem like he has a floor because every week the game plan is different. And Cam is, he's a veteran now, man. The way that he's responding to this stuff, like he's like, it's so nice to not be the only guy and have other guys who could take over. And, uh, he's supporting his teammates. He did that thing where he was melting in his chair. Um, that was mad funny. So I, I don't know. I, I like Cam the person and for this team, but for fantasy, like I, I can't imagine myself starting Cam Newton regularly. And just because it's so hard to, to know what Bill Belichick is thinking and what his game plan is, I don't know when to pick him. So it's hard for me to, to endorse starting Cam. Tim, I think you are buck wild. Yeah, I think you're a little buck wild as well. We all know how good of a coach Bill Belichick is. And Chiefs defensive backs... <clears throat> Last week, when targeted as a nearest defender, gave up three catches for 10 yards. We always talk about how their secondary is their best asset. What do you think Cam Newton's going to do about that? What do you think Bill Belichick's going to do about that? This guy's going to run, man. He's probably going to run into the end zone a few times. And they're going to be trailing a lot. So even if he's not running, he's going to be throwing. This is a game where you want to start Cam Newton. I will say this. It's not oftentimes uh, your analysis, Jason, starts with the Texans. I mean, the uh, the other team's secondary is so good that you should start the quarterback. That's what happens when uh, Cam it, Newton's around. Yeah, it's a little strange, but it's true. Um, what about the wide receiving options on this team? Uh, Nikhil Harry continues to be like a steady like wide receiver 36 type, and Julian Edelman someone that we all did not like last week coming off a 170-yard game. What about the pass-catching options for this squad? How do you feel about them? Kansas City, again, Kansas City always seems like a great option for opposing pass-catchers because they're going to put up so many points, yada, yada. Again, 2019, they allowed the least fantasy points to wide receivers. Last week, you saw what they did to the Ravens. They've done that to the Chargers. They've done that to Houston. Really, the only person who's had a big... Well, Will Fuller had a good game. Um, uh, Keenan Allen had a decent game. I do think Julian Edelman has wide receiver three potential here. But again, he's being ranked as like a top 20 player. I don't see that. He steps off the field for guys like Demir Bird when they're not in three wide. If the Patriots are trailing, it, it will end up being a good game for Edelman. 
if they keep it close. I'm not sure how great of a game it'll be for him. That's how the Patriots have ran their offense so far this season. I'm not interested really in Nikhil Harry, who just had a bad game. Four targets, hardly did anything. It's basically, do you want to trust Julian Edelman this week? As a wide receiver three, I say go for it. It's a decent matchup here just because the Patriots are likely to be trailing at some points. But as always, I'm just not a big fan of pass catchers in this offense. Uh, This Cam Newton-led offense is just not super kind to pass catchers for a big volume. You don't really see it. Welcome to the worst game show in fantasy history, the big wheel of Belichick running backs. Ding, 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 ding. Last week, it was Rex Burkhead with three touchdowns scored, but also Sonny Michelle had over 100 yards. Damian Harris returns. James White is supposed to return. No, Damian Harris isn't returning this week. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. He'll eventually return. Um, oh, he was out uh, here. He was removed from IR today at six thirty. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he. I thought I was. I mean, I wouldn't. Tim be has won the game show. I wouldn't you be surprised if he out. doesn't play much right away. But your prize is a party that, belt. They have that other running back that uh, JJ Taylor. Yeah, JJ Taylor. <laughs> or is it JJ Taylor? Which one of these five running backs will be fantasy viable today? Will it be all five? Will it be none? Will it be three out of the five? No one ever fucking knows, so I'm staying away. <laughs> if James White comes back, that's not good news for Rex Burkhead. No, he's going to sit. At the end of the day, Burkhead only had six rushes last week. He did all of the work through the air. Yesterday, last week, when I saw Rex Burkhead's work and I saw how much work he was getting through the backfield and I saw him score, um, as a person who rostered James White in multiple leagues, I got excited for James White uh, because it – Throughout the history of this of the time of both of them there, when James White is active, Rex Burkhead doesn't play. When James White is inactive, Rex Burkhead plays. And it's just been that way. And if you're thinking like, oh, you know, Rex Burkhead scored three touchdowns, maybe they go to him, uh, I bring you the ghost of Jonas Gray. Remember Jonas Gray a couple of years ago? 200 years yard ago, game. 200 yards and three touchdowns for the Patriots. Literally never heard from again. Released like three weeks later. That's it, it's just that's how it is with Bill Belichick. Um, anyone else in this game you'd like to talk about? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I you're you're right in that I liked Burkhead last week because White was out. White returned to the team today, so it does. If he's active, it does really make that a very tough situation to try to tear apart there because they split all the work. So I mean. Kansas City is a team that allows rushing yards, but it's kind of like the Ravens situation, whether they're in a good situation or not. You're just going to have to guess which one of those guys is going to have a big game, and they're just going to be cannibalizing each other, so they're all not the most tasty options this week. Uh, Interesting use of the word tasty. Eagles at 49ers. I'll tell you what. The way Carson Wentz is playing Carson Wentz versus the 49ers defense is a nightmare scenario if you're an Eagles fan. Carson Wentz Um, is last in true throw value, dude. Last. last. He's also last in QBR. Crazy. Um, He's last in a lot of categories. Like He sucks. I do want to say that he decided he was going to start using his legs a lot more last week. If that becomes a development... Like, everyone shitting on Carson Wentz last week for that terrible game against Cincinnati. He ended up having a good fantasy game 
because he ran for nearly 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter if he's that. He 23 and a half fantasy points, dude, because he had 65 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So, again, I'm not starting him against San Francisco, but I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up having a decent game because he just starts using his legs again. Greg Ward is an interesting development. He had a pretty good game, targeted 11 times last week. Does he have any success against these 49ers? Greg Ward is interesting. 11 targets is not something to snoff at. Is that the word I'm looking for? Snoff? Uh, definitely no, but I like it. <laughs> it's not something to snoff at. And his 77th rank on ECR on Fantasy Pros is beyond me. Because he's the only wide receiver out there right now. Deshaun Jackson's hurt. Dallas Goddard's hurt. So there's flex appeal just out of pure volume. Even if um, Carson Wentz is the worst quarterback in terms of true throw value, when you're throwing it to someone 10-plus times, you'll get into flex territory. Yep. So he's there by default, in my opinion. And I don't know why he's ranked so low. I agree. Uh, I think it's because he's facing the 49ers. I thought Greg Ward was a good add off the uh, the waiver wire this week. If they're just going to have no healthy receivers at all moving forward, Greg Ward's going to have to see a bunch of targets. You guys like Zach Ertz? I mean, common sense says Zach Ertz has a big game here. Eh, common sense ain't so common these days, kid. But, yeah, I mean, you're throwing out <laughs> Zach Ertz. Seven targets, seven targets, ten targets, and he's 18th in true target value. Like, Carson Wentz has been bad. I know you're saying it a lot, but man, it's bad. Um, so it's entirely possible that you get another shitter from Zach Ertz. But when Dallas Goddard is hurt and there's no one else healthy, you know what? You throw Ertz out there and you hope for the best. Eagle! He's still Zach Ertz. I want to watch we Scrubs. Make, what do we make of Miles Sanders? Because Miles Sanders is someone we really liked. He was one of my hat hangers uh, in the beginning of the season. Jason, stop with the chair, bro. You're killing me it's with the creaks. Guy. Sorry, that's my chair. This chair you sucks. Need, I need a new chair. Got, Tim, where's your old chair? You need a new chair. chair. Where's Get your, your old chair? Get your chairs together. My old chair is made of wood, and it's uncomfortable. I'm using my wife's office chair that she uses. I don't know why made of wood is just the the uncomfortable standard, but okay. It's because it has it has no like p- pillows on no it. No lumbar it's just support. A wooden-ass chair. Yeah, lumbar shit. I need my lumbar support train. Lumbar dozy. It seems like the wooden ass chair of the Eagles is Miles Sanders, though, because he could excel if put in the right place, but you know, not. He's just boring for your fantasy team. What right is this now. blasphemy oh, you're talking about, man? Yeah, I don't understand what's happening. He's played either. two games. I, he's, not, he's finished as running back twelve and twenty-two, and last week Carson Wentz missed him for a wide open fifty-yard touchdown. And that's the problem. I feel like he's not being used enough. I feel like they're not feeding him enough, and I feel like he not needs to become more. Oh my enough. goodness, Tim! Look, he has twenty-three and twenty-two touches, seven targets, and eight targets. Not a, not enough. All right, look. I mean, I think they should have ran the ball a lot more against Cincy. I think he should have had right. twenty-five carries. But you're complaining about eighteen carries and eight targets. Come I'm not on. complaining. I'm just saying. Clearly no. complaining. No, because he finishes as running back 22 against the Bengals. So, yeah, I have a right to complain a little bit. And now he's facing the 49ers. I, I think that you, if you're going to act... That just happens sometimes, though. Typically, if you don't score a touchdown, you're not going to end as a top 12 running back. Yeah, basically. Uh, that's that's an oversimplification. It's really not, though. Look, obviously, 
you expected more last week, and obviously the Eagles' offense isn't looking as good as we expected it to look. That's no surprise. Doesn't mean Miles Sanders isn't a workhorse. 77% of snaps, 78% of snaps. The 27 touches, then 26 touches. Well, looks, targets, and uh, carries combined. Against San Francisco, he's going to see 20-plus looks again, rushes and targets combined. Start him as an RB1. Yes, it's a tough matchup. Yes, there's a more likely chance he disappoints this week than he would have against the worst team, but they're dealing with a bunch of injuries. Just because they stopped the Jets and Giants, the two worst teams in the NFL, doesn't mean they're going to be able to stop Miles Sanders. Let's see how it goes with all the injuries on that San Francisco team. I'm still firing up Miles Sanders. Lord, we have reached the end. I do want to say Miles Sanders has some going to DFS, DFS, DFS appeal here as a GPP winner because no one's going to really be rostering him against San Fran. If he has a huge game, bada bing, bada boom. Tim was about to forget we haven't done San Fran, no, right? I, I think I think he was. There's the another game after this. Falcons-Packers, you fucking guys. Um, and you know what? I'm going to take this time since you guys want to be all blah, 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 and I'm going to rub Aaron Rodgers in your face. How's Tim, he doing? Dude, you forgot the 49ers. You're proving my point. That's exactly what Jason said. You forgot the 49ers, you're, man. You're not even listening to me. Motherfuckers, you, you son of a, sons of bitches. You're throwing me <laughs> off my game. I hate you. It's the Jason, new chair, man. Jeff Wilson. I know you want to. Go ahead and do it. This guy. It's the new chair. Now has seven touchdowns on 47 career touches. He had he was averaging an absurd one touchdown to every five touches. One week later, he still averages an absurd one touch, touchdown to every six point eight touches. This guy just finds the end zone. Like that's it. Him and McKinnon are good starts again because Mostert and Coleman Look, are out. If you're trusting Jeff Wilson as anything more than a touchdown dependent flex play, I think you're bugging out. Like if you have him in your Top 30 running backs. I think you're bugging out. The you're guy a piece played... of shit. I had him there last week. and No, last week out. was different. <laughs> last week was a joke of competition. This week, they get Philly. Oh, the Eagles are a good team now, Tim. Yes, their run defense is absolutely good. Are you kidding me? That's the only good thing about Jeff their Wilson team. Jeff Wilson had their run 60 receiving yards last okay, week. Okay, Jeff Wilson also played run defense. 30% of the snaps. McKinnon had 15 carries and targets through the first three quarters. Wilson had five total. In the fourth quarter, when the game was out of reach and McKinnon got a little banged up, McKinnon had one touch and Wilson had 10. Tell look, me where you've heard McKinnon got a little banged up before. Man, look, if you're... if you Maybe every game he's ever played in his life. Look, if Jeff Wilson doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to be... But he's going pointless. to. He's going to score another touchdown. I don't understand why you're just acting like Philadelphia doesn't have a good run defense. Like, I'm confused by it. Like, they, the Rams didn't run... Very well it's against Kyle them. Shanahan. Since he didn't, Washington didn't. Like it's Kyle Shanahan, and they're gonna catch passes as well. The but they were the, one of the best run defenses in the league last year too. I just I don't understand. Jeff Wilson is RB two. He is going He's to not. score a touchdown again. I think both could be true here. Jeffrey Wilson can score. He's a touchdown. a touchdown dependent flex play with a low floor. To call him a touchdown it was dependent, a great. You can call him a touchdown dependent RB two. Don't call him a touchdown dependent flex. It play. was a great He's call. An obvious flex last play. week. It was a great call last week. Double down, baby. All right, I will bet you he's not a top twenty four option. I'll bet you he's not a top thirty I'm option. About to say, fuck you're out gonna of here. complain. You're the one saying some shit about flex. Yeah, you're gonna complain. All right, I'll write it down. You annoying ass. I'll take that too. You should even go deeper than that. Shut up. up. You're taking it on whose end? I'll take it on Jason's end. Thank you. 
All right, fuck out of here, man. I, the Eagles' run defense is not scary enough for me to to not play a Shanahan running back that's going to get. Because the Forty ers could also take a lead against them. Because as we've said, they've been a do. And George Kittle was a full go today at practice, and the Eagles have allowed Ayo. four touchdowns to tight ends this season. That's the real smash play of the 49ers. I think I think Kittle comes back with a vengeance. Kittle going to do the nom-nom. <laughs> <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Um, you're not starting. Uh, actually, you are starting. Maybe Brandon Ayuk is a good start here. I I, I like me some Brandon Ayuk, man. I, I think and that Ayuk. He was being underrated on the on the waiver wires, bro. I, I the leagues where I couldn't fit him, he he some of the leagues he made it past the waivers, and I just didn't understand it because you have you have San Francisco that shows they're willing to put rookies in that number one receiver role and give them the ball any way they can. Like everyone's like, oh, but Brandon Ayuk got his his uh, touches on the ground. Um, yeah, okay. So he'll get some of his touches on the ground. Like that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing to me. And I just think, I I think Brandon Ayuk is a good starter to wide receiver three, uh, flex play type this week uh, against the Eagles. I really do. I think Ayuk is Ayukin. I think he. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think he does have flex appeal. I do agree there. I have him uh, wide receiver forty three at the moment. You'd start Ayuk or Wilson. I'd start. Ayuk. Ayuk over Wilson, I think. That's oh, wow. you mean? Oh, okay. I'd start Wilson. Yeah, duh. No, I mean, because look, you're right in that Ayuk is interesting. I'm just scared of the fact that he only had three targets last week. He had the three rush attempts, but nine fantasy points from rushing is not something you could just bank on from a wide receiver. Obviously, uh, they do have McKinnon and um, Wilson. Philly is a better team than the New York Giants. Obviously, the Giants are a joke. So it's like George Kittle is going to return. Nick Mullins is that quarterback. I, I don't do know how trustworthy Brandon Ayuk is going to be. You said uh, I will, I will on. Take, hold on. Michael was oh. looking at week two real quick. I need to clarify. Ayuk had eight targets and five catches last week. Oh, excuse me. I did say three targets. He did have eight targets, five receptions, 70 yards against the Giants. Either way, one of my opinion holds in that he's not going to get nine fantasy points from rushing. So that's that's my concern. But I like him as a flex play because of his pass catching potential. I just if Kittle comes back, I don't know. He's gonna have to do a lot with six to seven targets, I think. Michael, I see your point and I raise you something because last year Debo Samuel had fourteen rushes for hundred and fifty nine yards and three touchdowns. So if he's playing that okay. Curtis that Debo Samuel role then why can't he? How many rushes get? did he have, Debo, last year? You said 18? 14. 14, yeah. That's not even one a game, it, man. In 11, yeah, but in 11 starts, he got 14. So that's more than one a game in his starts. And that started even later than he started. Like, Either Debo way. didn't really on until like week seven, week eight last year. And now they're using Ayuk in the Debo Samuel role a little <laughs> earlier. I don't see why he can't continue to get... Robert Woods, one of the one of the reasons why you like Robert Woods Jeez is because he's ten to twenty yards rushing every game. No. Ten no, to twenty man. yards rushing every game. Come you on, man. Is a hyperbole, brother. Alright, I'm being a hyper I'm being hyperbolistic. You let me live. But he's a rushing Hyperbolic. Anyways. All I'm saying is that thirty yards rushing and a rushing touchdown is clearly the outlier for Brandon Ayuk. Oh, Jeez oh Louise. you're on the limb on that one. I'm just saying you can get it again. 
You can. But you want to make a bet that Brandon Ayuk ends with, what, like less than 20 rushing yards or something? Michael, do you want to bet that Brandon Ayuk <laughs> receiving receiving prowess in his first ever real game where he got snaps isn't his isn't also his ceiling? Like when did gonna... I say it was his ceiling? I said he's a good flex play, but don't expect nine points from rushing. What don't you understand? I think he has potential as a pass catcher this week. Ah, uh, you're you're twisting it. You're twisting it. Yo, you're you twisting. are bugging out. You you're and Jason twisting. are both bugging out. I don't like either of you anymore. I'm opportunities, out. Opportunities, opportunities are opportunities, though, bro. Like whether he caught it or not, like he got the ball in his hands, he made things happen. Kyle Shanahan is going to continue giving him the ball and making things happen as long as Debo Samuel. When Debo Samuel comes back, then Brandon Ayuk is someone that I am no longer going to consider. But until then, I think he's a good play. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I just want to say, I like Jarek McKinnon this week as a yeah. running back too. Yeah, Much McKinnon. more than I do Jeffrey Wilson. I am also on the McKinnon over Wilson train. McKinnon is yet to finish a game this year lower than RB22. His expert consensus... Wow, that was terrible. His expert consensus ranking... Consensus, all right? <laughs> ...is 24th. And he's yet to finish a game outside the top 22. So think about that, fellas. How's that for data? Take that Can for data. We finished now. It is 11.32, and I'm tired. Oh, Tim's tired? Tim usually yeah. sleeps at like 8.15. I do not I do not sleep till 8.15. Tim, Tim, Tim likes to sleep when the sun is you going sleep down. sleep at 8.15, not till 8.15. I also don't fall asleep at 8.15. I actually never yeah. fall asleep. I'm making fun of you because you're old. Jeez Louise. Get with the program. Well, you're wrong, okay? You're, you're, letting, you're not letting any little things slip. Now neither am I, all right? Son of a... Say so you son of a Monday right. night football on MSG. Hawkins and the Packers are the best on TV. How about Aaron Rodgers? About to be where do you guys have him? Because if you have him anywhere under QB four, you're bugging. Can I argue that Aaron Rodgers resurgence is not because of Jordan Love? It's just that he's not a bitch anymore. Yeah, there's um, there's no. a direct correlation. So Russell Wilson, why did he just become so good? Because he's hungry? No, it's because these two teams. Became the two past heaviest teams in the league along with the Bills. And there's a reason why those three quarterbacks are all excelling. Aaron Rodgers is not playing well because he's hungry. It's because they're letting him toss a damn ball around the field again. You're, you're wilding. Jeez Louise, you piss me off all the time these days. I have him at QB5. Well, it's too low. You should have him at QB4 better. Start Aaron Rodgers, period. Hello. Moving on. It, it, it also looks like Devontae, uh, Devontae Adams is going to be back. You're going to want to start Devontae Adams if he's back. Um, Where do you just get these proclamations from? I'm confused. Yeah, these You just Devontae. randomly say injuries like, oh, he's out, he's playing, and you're barely ever right. <laughs> what do you mean? We don't know if Devontae Adams is going to play yet. I have Devontae Adams on my team, and he is going to – he says he's supposed to play. We have him ranked as if he's going to play. It's just like – Whatever. Either way, Devontae Adams, right. MVS, oh. and Alan Lazard are all good plays this week. I agree. They're playing the damn Falcons, and all three of these wide receivers are the only ones that are ever on the field for the Packers. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if I should talk anymore because apparently I don't know. <laughs> Tim, What's obviously, going? I'm joking around with you, kid. You you do get the injury designations right 98% of the time, but it's fun I, when you don't. I <laughs> am sensitive. All right? I'm sensitive. Um. <laughs> 
Alan Lazard kind of separated separated himself, in my opinion, from MVS. He looks like the second option. Um, I'm comfortable starting Alan Lazard this week. The dude played 95% of the snaps last week. Hot dang. with all three of them. Me too. I think MVS, he's a risky flex play, but he's a downfield threat against Atlanta. I think they all definitely have some appeal this week. And obviously you're starting Aaron Jones. He's an absolute monster and is playing as an absolute monster and has a good matchup against Atlanta. So just his whole team, even Robert Tanyan is interesting. More so if Devontae Adams sits. But he saw 63% of snaps last week against the Falcons. Uh, not against the Falcons, against the Saints. And the Falcons have allowed a tight end one performance every single game against them thus far. Greg Olson, Dalton Schultz, Jimmy Grant. And it's not like those are the three best tight ends in the league. Like, those are three guys that no one even considered starting each of those weeks. I mean, to be fair, though, Dalton Schultz, Jimmy Graham, who's the third one? Greg Olson. Have all had, I mean, outside of Greg Olson, have all had good games not against the Packers. I mean, but I'm saying nobody started Greg Olson. Nobody was going to start Dalton Schultz. Nobody was going to start Jimmy Graham. It's not like these guys are weekly starters. These are guys who typically aren't the best fantasy assets, and they all were tight end ones against Atlanta. So I do think Robert Tanyan has some appeal, but more so if Devontae Adams misses the game. Okay, I get what you're saying. Um, Aaron I also, jo- yeah, Aaron Jones, Smash. man. Smash. Smash Yo, play. regression, my fucking nuts, dude. My manscaped nuts. Yo, <laughs> he just scores touchdowns, that's it. And Aaron Jones also has five touches this season that ended at the one-yard line. So he's been unlucky in that sense as well. Like, he's going to score touchdowns. That's it. No one should have faded him. That's all. (laughs) He was being faded way too hard for A.J. Dillon, who doesn't even see the field. Literally, it's odd. Tyler Irvin is playing OD. Like, Tyler Irvin played 38th and 37% of the snaps the last two weeks. Yeah, More than Jamal Williams last week, and A.J. Dillon still isn't even smelling the field. So, yeah. It's so it's so funny. Chris Collinsworth, I, I like the guy. He puts in a lot of work. But he was like, Jamal Williams looks so great this year, and yeah, he's doing so well. Like, you look at the box around, Jamal Williams has seven touches, and uh, he didn't <laughs> do much with them. So it looks like uh, as we go to the Falcons, as we leave the Packers behind, the, the answer is to play the Packers. Packers, um, don't be, and don't be worried if the Packers go into the third quarter with a large deficit. It's probably a good thing. Um, on the Falcons side, Julio Jones is injured. Um, he's going to miss ninety weeks and have his leg amputated. What kind of a weird ass joke is that? Because you tell me I'm get the injury designations uh, wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> touche. No, but honestly, we don't know. We don't know if Bobby Touche uh, if, he, if he's gonna play. <laughs> Julio Jones has played through injuries before, but um, with the Falcons at zero and four, they're either gonna you know pack it in. I mean, zero and three, they're either gonna pack it in or they are going to get desperate and play him. So you just don't know. Keep it. Remember at Brodo Fantasy, um, stay with us for that news and what is to come. Um, besides that, um. The Falcons have a very good player and a very bad player. The very good player's name is Calvin Ridley. The very bad player's name is Hayden Hurst. And Nailed that's it. my analysis. I got Ridley as wide receiver one Me too. overall this week. Real Dude. quick, though. Hayden Hurst, Tim, 
I don't know if you know this, but after playing 78% of snaps week one, 65 week two, Julio missed last week, right? And Justin Gage, excuse me, Russell Gage left the game in the first quarter with an injury. Hayden Hurst played 63% of the snaps and saw three targets. Three targets. His only catch was a one-yard touchdown in a game against Chicago when they were down two of their biggest receiving weapons. So the lowest target total, the lowest snap total. And the week prior, he just got super lucky catching a wide-open touchdown and was not involved much prior to that either. If Julio is out, if Gage is out, Gage is someone we got to keep an eye on too with a concussion. It's tough to tell the Falcons right now, so keep an eye on our rankings for that, protofantasy.com. I am not interested in Hurst really at all this week, even in a game that has a ridiculously high Vegas total right now. I think it's like 58 points. Now to talk about a good player. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you get into that, I want to say something about Hurst before you go on. Um, if you have Hayden Hurst, shop him. Um, try and go to the uh, managers who have tight end deficiencies and try and get someone out of it because this is two straight weeks that Hayden Hurst got bailed out with a touchdown. And he's not going to catch a touchdown every week. And if he's just another touchdown-dependent tight end, then go get yourself something real for him in a package or just straight up and then stream because you're going to be on the streaming wire doing the exact same thing. So um, bailed out twice. Twice. Fair enough. In a, in a row. I agree. Calvin Ridley, fourth in routes run, third in targets, first in air yards, first in red zone targets, first in end zone. First in red zone targets, first in end zone targets, first in targets of 15-plus yards, sixth in true target value. Wow-wow-wee-wah. Start Calvin Ridley is the moral of that story. Someone... He's good. Real quick, someone... Also, Russell Gage is interesting if he's healthy. Julio Jones, of course, if he's healthy. Like I said, keep an eye on that. But someone that is interesting, Olamide Zacchaeus. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce his name correctly. But six targets in week three, four receptions, 41 yards after Jones and Gage left. He was someone that um, the Athletic, um, their reporter for the Falcons, shouted out saying, could be a surprise contributor this season. If those two are out against Green Bay in the highest total game of the season so far, could be a very interesting dart throw, Mr. Zacchaeus. Just keep that in the um, back of your mind. I mentioned on the way is ridiculous. <laughs> I mentioned on the waiver show that Todd Gurley appears to be slowing down. Brian Hill appears to be speeding up. Uh, although I think that maybe a changing of the guard will be in order later in the year when the Falcons are out and want to see what they're getting out of their young players instead of their aging running back on a one-year deal. I think that this week it's going to be Gurley. And although I never like starting Gurley unless I have to, um, you could do worse than Gurley. So I think he's a low-end running back too. He's he's boring, man. The Falcons have literally led for the entire second half two games in a row, and he's done nothing. And the Falcons' offensive line is seventh in yards before contact. 
It's all his fault. He doesn't have a rush over 20 yards this season. He's a touchdown-dependent RB2, period. That's all he is at this point. And that's why I like Brian Hill, man. I think if you have a little bit of preview of what we talked about in the in the Patreon show, if you have if you have a free roster spot or, like, someone just hit the IR and you have a free roster spot, stash Brian Hill. Um, Yeah, that's it, right? Matt Ryan? Oh, obviously you start Matt Ryan. He's a no-brainer yeah. start every week. Like at this well, point, the week, dude. Last week he sucked. Well, last week I didn't like him much because Julio was a late scratch, and it was against Chicago. We're talking about Green Bay here, in a Good game secondary. that has a fifty-eight point line for points. Like, you don't sit Matt Ryan this week. No, you definitely don't. Uh, Mike, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. At Brodo FF Jason. Yeah, that's my name. Man, I didn't even ask you. Jason, you didn't even wait for me to say Jason. You just went very disrespectful, you guys, today. Very disrespectful <laughs> to my hosting prowess. I don't like it. Where can they find like you, it. Tim? I'm your older brother. You got you to gotta respect the hosting prowess. You got to respect the older brother. We, get, we, need to, we need to have a talk. Tim, we you know we need to have a family meeting with yeah, the Respect the prowess, Shane. I have the power, actually, because I could cut you off at any time. There's Literally so much mute prowess, Shane. I could mute you whenever I'd like. <laughs> at Tim Petrop on all social media. Um, but not on Twitter at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. Um, at Brodo Fantasy for everyone. BrodoFantasy.com for everything. Brodo Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy to support the show. Manscaped.com. The promo code Brodo B R O T O gets you twenty percent off and free delivery. Uh, at free shipping, I should say, on any items and party belts. Partybelts.com. Use the promo promo code B R O T O. And Brodo is his name. Oh, will deliver. Sancia delivered. Michael, I'm and, yours. Michael and Jason, I, I I expect a written apology for what went down during these episodes. That's certainly not going to happen. <laughs> Later. Later. Later.